0: what's up baby welcome to refact my name is drew face and this is my co-host scooter and today we're
1: gonna be covering some uh some very close to home topics for me so drew what
0: do you, you want to take us away yeah man look recently riot had to ban three players from i believe southeast asia for match fixing but they only banned them for three years and and to me this was really interesting because if this happened this a similar scenario happened years ago in counter-strike Valve lifetime ban of 15 17 year old kid i don't fucking get it what like to me i was like right that was a very reasonable uh consequence and punishment for those for those kids for Riot. 3 years yeah you match fix. you re- literally ruined the integrity of valorant you, you, you if we're betting which is like sadly this is this is gonna happen more often than it's not but three years i think that's appropriate lifetime ban for bracks. come on come on valve like still 10 years later i'm still not over it <laughs> like, yeah and it's tell me how you feel about it because i know you feel way 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 more passionate about it than i do so the weird the weird part is right
1: that if anything the bans should have been flipped. And the reason why I say that is because this was, when it happened in CS, that was the first major time it's ever really happened. It had kind of happened in the past with like Dota and there'd been a couple of one-offs, but Valve didn't even fully lifetime ban the Dota team. No. CS: CSGO, this is like the first major case and they lifetime ban. Now, even kids getting into esports now, like these young Valorant players, know about the I buy power situation everybody knows about the I buy power situation yeah if they got a lifetime ban I'd go okay understandable now I will give them the benefit of that that they are young and they are you know they're gonna make stupid decisions when they're young but if they had received a lifetime I would have weirdly been okay with that because there's been several accounts of it happening before happening in Mountain Dew League which we Weirdly very local to us. You know, a lot of players that have been in our own home, aka Waves, uh, are yeah. currently under FBI investigation and everything. And then on top of that, there's the I by Power situation, Dota, League, all of it, you name it. And these guys had everything to go off of, and all they got was Riot being nice. They got Riot being like, you know what, you're young, here's a three-year. You, sure, Valorant might go skyrocket, and you might have missed your window. But that's on you, and then you know, three years is nothing. It really is nothing in the scheme of things.
0: Yeah, like you know what? Like like you said, there's a precedent for match fixing. If You do it the first time, they're gonna make you an example. They didn't, they didn't make these kids examples. They're just like, yeah, you know, you're young. Three years. We hope that you come back with a fucking brain and mature up because you don't understand what you guys did, yeah, but you will hopefully when when you can't play professionally and make a living off what you want to do for a living, right? Yeah. Whereas like, why did why did, like, I still can't get over Brax, Brax got a lifetime ban, still can't play Counter-Strike professionally, still got a lifetime ban, still can't play Counter-Strike professionally. Those guys are like, still definitely matured, still definitely understood. Well, it's funny you mentioned the that, you know, they can't make a
1: living off of it because in the iBuyPower situation, a big thing when after the iBuyPower situation, a lot of the interviews, once it was fully done and, you know, the players were fully opening up about it, they had said, look, we weren't getting money. You know, we don't have anything. And we had touched on this in a previous episode. Yes, we did. But they weren't getting money. And, you know, they were relying on tournament winnings and the occasional sponsor. Now, if you're going pro- It is 2021, there are players making five-digit salaries monthly. There is no excuse now for that you weren't getting enough money. And I get it, I can't remember what tier of Valorant it was, but it doesn't matter. There is, even, even small tournaments, even local tournaments can have like 10k prize pool. There is literally no excuse for it now.
0: Yeah, and, and, and they only got three years. I'm not I'm not saying that's not an appropriate punishment. I'm saying it like I think we are we both agree. That's the that's a great punishment because it's like three years, you're out of the game, the meta's gonna drastically change at high level, like soup like
1: forever. Not to mention and, you're gonna miss your window.
0: And you're gonna miss your window because this is the best time to establish yourself, right? And in a year things can happen really quickly, right? But after three years, that's like a lifetime in eSports. You might not be the same.
1: Especially with yeah. Valorant being so new. Like, there's yeah. still so many teams forming, changing. Like, even after this Masters, you know, obviously we saw Sands, uh, tens becoming full-time. And there's going to be a bunch of roster moves before the next right. big tournament. I can almost guarantee it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The NA shuffle is happening right now. <laughs> and, people,
1: and because of the last couple of years, people are looking towards young guns. Because young yeah. guns have been the proving. A, a great example of this is Oboe from Complexity. And oh, then yeah. now he's on Evil Geniuses. Sure, yeah. the Complexity thing was a little, that's a whole another episode. Um, but I love Complexity. And that was the best decision they made. They looked so good with this young gunner. And that's what new orgs are looking at. They're taking these chances on young players. So if you're 17 and you're, you know, you're showing up in this, this tier three, tier two. And you're making a name for yourself. It's easy to do now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like easy. the old days. No, there's no one gatekeeping you. Like Valve's not gatekeeping you, right? It's just like, yo, you want to ascend to the top? This is the best time. Show off your skill because we love fresh talent. We love exciting talent. And Riot, what I said in a previous podcast, Riot cares about you. <laughs> they really do. They seem like they care about the community as a whole, developing them. And it's like. Yeah, it's like I, I'm I'm happy to see that that type of punishment for a band because now there's a precedent from Riot. Riot seems to be a little more empathetic than uh, than Valve is. Right? Valve is hands off, cold, distant. It's like a very very bad ex-lover who you divorce for some reason, or all they have is only negative memories of you, and that negative memory is called Counter Strike.
1: I just feel like Valve has a lot of shit ass backwards. I mean, you can get banned. You can literally cheat and you'll be back in four years. That is the ban. You get banned for four years. After your VAC ban has passed for four years, you can return to competitive CSGO. But if you match fix fix once when you're underage and young, sure, there was older players on the team, you're getting banned for life over cheating. I get there's real money implications and it can be quite serious fixing a match, but also we're gonna let somebody that possibly could have won a million dollars because they used the cheat and they're allowed to come back even though they probably scammed several teams out of their position at tournaments and their position on online qualifiers and all that and we're just like yeah they're, they're they only get put away for 4 years
0: like even now with the akuma situation that akuma situation against navi it's the it's it seems like it's developing where akuma did cheat and i was like okay like i was just like shrugs shoulders like they cheated okay what do you want like, you found out they cheated What are you gonna do? It's like no Valve. Like, this is your game. Like, you have a really big. Like, you can take it all away from us.
1: Yeah. And it's like you should be getting involved, Valve, because your number one player in the world is saying Mm -hmm. he thinks that guy cheated. If if Simple came to me and said, "Yo, that guy's cheating," I'd go, "Yeah, okay, yeah, he's cheating." Yeah, we
0: gotta look into it. Like, that's what. uh, You know, you know who does this really well. So, so there's that like there's a situation where Shazam called out a cheater on stream. He messaged an admin on Ryan. The ad, the right admin right, uh, Ryan on admin looked into it. Now, obviously, this is a different scenario because it turns out he wasn't cheating. Uh, it was like a very rare bug. But they got but they found out it was a rare bug, right? They were like, okay, we're we're clarifying. We banned this guy, we're gonna look into it. They looked into it they unbanned the guy and they explained to everybody, no, no, this is not, he wasn't, he wasn't cheating. There's just a really specific bug. We're going to patch it out. But that's like, that's a proper response from a, from a company that cares. Yeah.
1: And I mean, it just goes to show, I can guarantee, I think in the, the Valorant, like when, when it was still uh, um, in alpha and stuff, they said their dev team was currently like 50 something people. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's the dev team you need for a esports game. I don't care what, if everything's already made, you need a bigger dev team. And the fact that CS has two, they can't do shit like that. They can't go in and be like, and I don't know whose decision that is. I don't know if that's the CS department's decision where they only need like two devs or it's valve being like, you don't need more. And I don't know. It's just, it's dumb because I've seen the situation you're talking about. And even when the beta was public and they were playing matches and stuff like Shazam and all that. And they were getting like you sniped and getting cheaters, and the yeah. admins be like, Okay, message, like DM me again if it happens, and we'll just come in and instant ban them because they were like blatantly cheating,
0: yeah. And Vanguard at the time, obviously, Vanguard was in public beta, right? So, like, they were like, still testing Vanguard without actually like <laughs> breaching your privacy. <laughs> so, I mean, that's another issue on its own, but that's all right, like, but yeah, like it, that's that's a responsible company that cares, and like, I'm. Look, man, it's like, you, you've said a few times, but Valve, Val, like, Counter-Strike can be, it is the biggest esport in the world. Like, it's definitely top two. Well, every time like, there's we, a big event, it
1: always breaks numbers. Like, yeah, because like, everybody can watch it. It's easy watching.
0: Yeah, like, it's Counter-Strike, League of Legends, Dota, Counter-Strike. Those are the big three. Those have been the big three for a very long time. And Counter-Strike is literally tactical FPS and body. Everything about a tactical FPS, Counter Strike has it, right? And it's like they're not treating—they're not treating the old man with the legacy he deserves. And then now the old man, now Riot comes in, hunky dory is like, "Hey, we got a new kid on the block, and he cares about you, and
1: he knows what you want from a game, and and you know we know how to make a, a like a, a good ecosystem in esports, and and Valve's like, well, we could do something about this." I know. Let's drop a new case.
0: Yeah, let's drop a new case. Operation Bloodfang. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Let's uh, e- even Bloodfang. Yeah.
0: That's actually a key example of like,
1: or whatever the new one was. Um, that's another brilliant example that Valve hadn't made one in what like five years.
0: Uh, yeah, four or five years. Yeah. And they were just
1: like, I guess we'll make another operation. It's like. No, if you want to maximize your like profit and, you know, get us better servers and just do things right, do more operations because one, the community loves them. All the fun mini missions are always really good. And that's the thing when CSGO actually does something, they do it really well. Even yeah. if it is recycled content, the community will pay that 20 bucks for the pass or if you're American 11 or whatever,
0: bro, the community would pay ten dollars to to get past the like the entry bar. You know what I'm saying yeah. to get past the whole like Prime thing to get Prime. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's insane. Sorry, Canadians have to pay ten dollars to get Prime, but yeah, like, dude, it's insane. And 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 the weird part is like they lie to us. One hundred twenty eight tick servers are affordable.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clearly, thanks thanks to Riot for just being like. This is what we are gonna do and uh remember how everybody wanted 128 in that other game well we're gonna prove that everybody can still play everybody's computer can handle it hell we made league of legends run on a toaster we can make fps run on 128
0: and they did the yeah. only issue is when viper ults there everyone might have an issue <laughs> but that's okay like that's like they'll, they'll they're working on it they're working. yeah
1: they're and that's the thing they're op- they're open about that stuff where in cs Very rarely will they make a tweet where they were doing it a lot like two years ago, but not so much anymore, where they acknowledge bugs. Riot will acknowledge it and even have a bunch of staff on Twitter being like, haha, look at this bug. It's funny. But also we've disabled it for the time being. And it's like, thank you. And you didn't shut down the servers for like 10 hours or like, you know, delay it even further. You're just like, "Okay, you know, Omen's broken right now. Omen can't be played.
0: No. Kill broken right now. we we're, we're fixing it. Euroview is broken right now. Yo, yeah, we're fixing it. Yo, know, here, here's the craziest part about about like this this communication from right versus Valve, WoW, right? Like it, the game Counter Strike only got bigger. It only got bigger. It's bigger than it's ever been. There's more users playing it every day than it's ever been. And it just seems like they stop giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah, they really did. Like, it, how long did it take for them to nerf the creek? Two fucking years. I counted two fucking years. Yeah, two years. That that gun made someone's career. That's insane. It's like, I don't, I don't fucking get it. Like, I don't, yeah. And really I mean,
1: I don't know. I mean, speaking about bad communication, uh, you want to talk about what happened this week
0: with the uh, Nate shot situation, dude. Nate Nate just like nature was super honest. Sure. Like take it away, Scooter. Like this, so nature is a hero. (laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't seen it, uh, we'll
1: probably put a link in the description so you guys can watch it. But a during E3, a interview segment came out with nature and hex, um, of a hundred thieves and optic. And they were just chatting. It was essentially like what we're doing right now, where Nate Shop- so they got way
0: more clout, they got way more clout. Yeah,
1: they got way more clout, hey, soon. Um, but uh, Nadeshot just said, you know, off the record and they were just right. kind of chatting between the two of them as if, right. if Drew and I turned off the camera and we were just chatting, I wouldn't yeah. put it on. They aired this in one of the biggest events of the year without even talking to and went radio silent with Nadeshot about said interview. And it's like, I understand the community was mad about a lot of the stuff that nade said however was- one it shouldn't have been public in the first place two yep. a lot of it was true and it's tough to hear from a fan's point of view that they're pushing you stuff that you don't want to hear but at the same time that's just the cost of esports a lot of the shit that they had to do and to be honest about like you know what we didn't well like when he mentioned that the cs go was just like a fucking waste of time for them it is because csgo again this is a valve problem but valve's esports scene just isn't friendly to orgs getting into it especially at the tier one level no. and all the other stuff like people getting mad about him talking about the money and the merch he's allowed to be esports is so expensive think about what they're paying these guys to keep them under teams of course like they're you, gonna
0: make good merch though you, you and i are like at high level uh at a high level in an org in a tier maybe two or three or esports org like i'm the art director you're literally the chief of media <laughs> like the chief of media and content we know how much it costs to run a team we know how much it costs to to like pay people's salary because you want to pay people because when you pay people they do better work for you and then in turn they generate revenue but right now it was so early in esports there's very there's only very few ways to generate revenue for esports we know this because you and I severely uh we're, we are getting what we're worth, but we, we we're getting what we're worth in other ways. Right. We're not, whereas like other people are getting compensated and we're trying to compensate other people for what they're worth. And the way we're doing it is we have to sell merch. We have to push merch because merch sells. Merch is only one of the few and only ways that an e team can recoup their losses. Right. Because you don't know want you how, like, you can't keep winning these tournaments. Right? Yeah, there's it's not consistent. The turnover for teams are it, it's insane. The turnover rate like your team can change within three months, within a patch. One in a second, a patch might change your entire esports team. Right. The teams are very costly to manage. And the the thing is, is that you if you want a good esports team, you got to hire the right people. Good people are not cheap to hire. Not no, exactly. At all. Especially
1: like, at that 100 Thieves level. Like, you have to think what the
0: players are getting paid.
1: Probably, depending on game. I mean, I'm sure Call like, of Duty, they're getting paid a
0: fuck like, ton. I know I know, Nitro is has one of the highest salaries in Valorant. Because yeah. apparently Kaede leaked it.
1: <laughs> and, and that's the thing, right? All these it's players, like 100000 a month. Yeah, and fans don't think about that. Like, yes, okay, it's very common that we hear
0: about player salary. But you right. don't think about behind the scenes. There's like... like how, how can we maintain that salary? You no, know, yeah, like the fans have to start asking that, right? Because that's like there's very few ways to make money in esports, and winning tournaments is not a way because winning tournaments only, like most of the time, the player gets the money, right? Most yeah. of it, right? If, if it's a good org, most of the pl- like the players get most of the money, right? So it's like,
1: and see, right, like what I was saying about the fans not looking at it is like. For example they see the players and that's usually how it goes from a fan's point of view they only really think of the players unless somebody like you know drew if you're on 100 thieves you'd have that personality and people would be like oh drew but yeah. on 100 thieves you got to think they're the top of the top they're probably the best org in esports at the minute and yeah. the, you know they're they have to pay people like drew like their creative director a lot of money too so people because don't understand he, he's
0: bringing so much value exactly right like that's the thing you you ha- when you pay people what they're worth, they bring more money for you right uh sometimes directly sometimes indirectly and all those cool graphics all those crazy art directions all the all the planning for the merch like that costs a lot that doesn't it's not cheap and it's not cheap because they're good at it you don't want to pay someone ten dollars on fiverr to do 100 feet marketing right that's insane. Like they have talented world class designers. They have talented world class strategists, like sitting there planning, creating campaigns for you to buy, like for you to buy their product for that reason. Because that's how they they know how, that's how they make their money. And unfortunately, it's very obvious in esports. You make money off merch. You don't make money off anything else like sponsorships. You can get it. Like sponsorships is awesome. But Usually like even though. But like that, the thing is, sponsors get burnt out, right? Sponsors are looking at like esports. They're like, like if I'm a if I'm a beer company and I sponsor an esports team, well, they're not buying beer. They're not buying my beer because so then they, they pull out food sponsors. There's a reason why food sponsors are always rotating because like gamers are buying food, food stuff, but they're not buying enough of it. So it's like the only way, like, like esports teams stay alive is from merch, and it's like. Sponsorships and merch, and like the sponsorship side is clearly falling and falling and falling, and the merch is the only staying alive. And that's like why, like Nate, like whatever what Nate shot said, even though it hurts, it's the truth. Well, esports team costs a lot. Esports team have very little return on investment. It's yeah. like it, it, it hurts to say, but the thing is, the marketing of an esports team doing well, I mean that that it brings in a lot of money. Yes uh indirectly that's the thing it's not direct and some some companies they need the direct and they need the direct money they need the direct income.
1: So you touched on it a little bit. I wanted to actually pick your brain about something. Right. Um you mentioned the turnover rate of players. Uh right. did you did you see the thing that happened with phase this weekend or last weekend? Yeah,
0: on the Sports Illustrated stream. Yes. Right? Yeah so like so uh I think I we we were talking about it briefly on Discord uh privately I was like hey this is really interesting and it, but it makes sense right it makes sense the turnover rate for uh, esports team is literally it can be as quick as a dime it can be like 1 second the minute valve, was, valve can say yeah we uh, we nerfed um the recoil of an M4 yo a, a lot of players will be will, will they're going to get dropped Riflers are going to get dropped left and right. You're going to be picking up some machine running gunners, right? And that's the thing with Phase Clan. What they did this weekend was they they were the first esports team to get uh, a, a feature on Sports Illustrated, which is fantastic. It's huge. Sports Illustrated is legacy, hundreds of years of a, of a sports magazine showing off that hey, the future is video games, which is awesome. But the thing is, fans were very were very riled up because no one on the cover. Was from the esports team. Nobody was from the esports team. They were all either content creators or uh, owners, and or both, right? Because I a think lot they of the all were. Yeah, I think they were yeah, all. I owners. think they're all owners actually. And and to me that makes sense because you know why your your Call of Duty player might get busted for using Adderall, and then he's out of the team like the week after that article. Then why? That that photo looks stupid. You look stupid, right? Yeah. So you keep the people you know are going to stick around for at least two, three years. And who happens? That happens to be Nick Merckx, LeBron James Jr., you know, like uh, all those guys. So it's like, yeah, they, it, it, turnover rating in the esports team is very high, whereas like content creators, content creators, what people don't understand is that content creators bring in a lot of value because they have a lot of direct influence. Because they have a they they're basically walking billboards, right? That's what that's what that's what we want from sponsors. Sponsors want that. Sponsors want someone who's highly visible, who can directly influence their target demographic, and that's what content creators do. That's why when you when you're a player, the most important thing you have to do is become a content creator, because you, now you increase your value by tenfold. It's so the it's through the roof because now you're when you're a top content creator, you're a media company now, and you're not just a player who plays games to win. You're you're you're, you're, you're reaching out, you're influencing a, a group of people. And then eventually you're going to you're going to create a niche for yourself and have a demographic to target. And that's why like the turnover rate for players is very high. But when you become a content creator, you create more value for yourself. And that's how sponsor- that's how we that's how us as a team. That's how we levy uh, uh, sponsorships. We, we use your analytics, your vanity analytics to help say, hey. This guy brings in ten thousand uh, dollars, ten thousand viewers every every week that, and 110 unique viewers every every day it's like he's he's a lot of value please give us seventy thousand dollars because he's going to sell that much product for you and we're going to sell that as a team for you and then then you use the promo code the promo code works and you're like wow that guy brings us a lot of value for us and we'll renegotiate maybe it's higher maybe it's lower yeah
1: exactly and actually a really good example of that and it's kind of similar topic or similar yeah. uh example, but GFuel. So you'll notice GFuel has a lot of 30% codes for certain people. Some people drop down to that 10% and that's because their codes are kind of, you know, maybe not as used much or, and GFuel doesn't get that value. So GFuel, because they don't get the value, they drop it back down to 10 and it's a consistent 10, but people like PewDiePie is a consistent 30. Now, look at one, look at it from the point of view as somebody that as it drinks it or whatever. They're going to use PewDiePie's code. Now, yeah. one, that helps him. Two, they know about his code always because it's usually 30%. So that will yeah. be their go-to code, even if they don't watch him as much.
0: It's a, it's, a, it's a trackable asset, right? They can use it. They're like, when they look at their KPIs, which kids, it means key performance indicator. They'll look and they'll say PewDiePie 30% code is used, I don't know, 100,000 times a year, which means this guy is selling X, like 100,000 tubs or orders of G fuel, And then they're going to say, we're going to bring this back. This is how much value you bring. And then they go back to the negotiate, negotiating table. And most of the time, if the code hasn't changed, right? That means it's stable. That means he's he's literally living up to his end of the deal. And then, and then they give him money because obviously, like, he's selling so much for them. So it's yeah. like, that's what this is. This is the truth. There's a hard truth. Most esports fans don't want to hear this. Like, but that's how you, that's how these guys keep getting paid. That's how these guys keep, keep entertaining you. Yeah. And, and you got to accept that. Like, we, sports people have accepted this for a long time. <laughs> it's yeah. ingrained into our culture now as sports. We're going to have to, we're going to have to get used to this as an esport. It's not, we don't live in a hand like utopia where like, I don't know. There's universal income for everybody. No, we live in a world where capitalism, like, uh, rules the world, and that's how people make their money. And sadly, let's not preach into capitalism talk in an esport podcast. But we live in that world. This is a society. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> Zack Snyder.
1: And I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I wish fans knew a lot more about the business side because I think. Even when cloud nine did the like initial, it was when they were building the CS:GO juggernaut and, uh, they were showing buyout salary, they were showing like terms and you know, it was the CS scene got a little bit of that education and I just wish, and that's kind of what I, I hope we're bringing to the table for listeners. We're informing people, you know, we're having fun with it. We're giving our hot takes, but at the same time, both Drew and I are in positions or have been in positions where we can tell you, you know, like this is why it's this way and this is why, and we're going to break it down to as simple as possible because one, it's more fun to listen to and two, we just want to educate as easily as possible. And you know, it's fun to talk about Like we love talking about this show. We usually when the podcast, when we finish recording, we go on for an extra hour and just chat about everything esports. And you know, it could be its own episode, but it's not.
0: It's not, it's not, well, mainly because, uh, <laughs> you say a lot, so very, 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 we say very, very much strange. business stuff. Yeah. Very. <laughs> and that could be very boring. Right. But it's, it's the truth. Like we, we talk about this all the time and unfortunately we're in it all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we're legit in it. Like it, it is, it is rough sometimes, but Hey, it's, it is what it is.
1: All right. Well, I think that's, uh, it for us. Unless there's anything you want
0: to add. Oh, no, absolutely not. I think this is that I think we hit it on the on, on the button and we're good. Alrighty. Well, that's it from us.
1: We are going to be back next Wednesday with another episode. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, which will be in the description. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at the refrag TV and we will see you all on Wednesday morning.
0: Oh <laughs> do